We now return to the Park Shore Coin and Collectibles Hour on Fox Sports Radio. And now, your host, Scott Heiligman. Welcome back to this week's Park Shore Coin and Collectibles Hour. And we are in the studio with our host and owner of Park Shore Coin and Collectibles, Scott Heiligman. Yes. Scott, that last segment was really good. We even involved Ian in the last segment. Yep. Yeah, he had something to say, especially when best. we talked about Star Trek versus Star Wars. That's right. Uh, you can offend a lot of people if you, you got to stick up for yourself in this world if we've <laughs> learned anything recently. And if you, you know anything about Ian, he sticks up for himself. That's right. So, uh, but it actually leads us into this question that I've got. And because of the way we ended the segment, the last segment, is has to do with collectibles. And I was going to ask you, uh, as we came into this segment, what is a collectible? But then I thought, well, maybe I should rephrase that question. Um, and then I thought, well, maybe I would ask you, as far as Park Shore coin and collectibles, what do you deal in? Right. But it's so broad. It's so broad because something can make something collectible to one person, yeah. and it's not collectible to another person. Yeah. You know, some people find rocks collectible. Yeah. Some people find collections of bird pictures collectible, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, it is hard to really say what's a collectible, so it's kind of better to round it in. What do we deal in? What do we see the most, maybe, in right. collectibles that we maybe, buy? Maybe that's a question. You know, but, you know, a lot of times you can just look on eBay, and items on there are probably collectible if they're being resold. So you can almost look at it that way, where there's a market of more than right. one person, it almost becomes collectible. So you can go on a, on a website can, like that and say, what are, you could put in collectibles. Just type in the item can, and say, hey, is it being sold on here? Right. If it is, it's probably quote-unquote collectible, because a second party wants to purchase it. Somebody wants it. Yeah, so if, you know, another person wants it, does that maybe make it collectible? That'd be a good jumping-off point, I would say. Sure. And then the less of an item there is, the more collectible it becomes. Well, at Park Shore, Coin and Gold and Collectibles, your your company here in in Southwest Florida, what do you see the most of? See the most? Jewelry, for sure, number one. Mm -hmm. Coins, second. Okay. Believe it or not. Even though we're Park Shore, Coins, Gold and Collectibles... Should probably be called Park Shore Jewelry Coins and Collectibles, yeah. but um, that's what we get a lot of down here in Southwest Florida. Second, I would say coins. A lot of people have that ninety percent junk silver that we're talking about pre nineteen sixty four American coinage right. that you can just dig through your pockets and find. Right, it all has value because it was all made out of silver. Mm-hmm. So at silver at twenty four dollars and some change an ounce. Every one dollar and thirty-five cents that you find in pocket change pre sixty-four, right. it's worth about twenty-five dollars. Right. So that's a great way of doing it. Now it's only dimes, quarters, and half dollars. And yes, there were dollars made nineteen thirty-five and before. Right. But when you're dealing with pocket change, it's usually dimes, quarters, and half dollars you're going to yeah. find, and you're going to want to be nineteen sixty-four and older. I was uh, <clears throat> I was watching an old movie this week on on TCM. It was late night and. Uh, this family was right around the Depression era, and this young man, he, he had to go had to go to work, had to quit school and go to work. And he came home one night, and he said, Dad, I, I, here, I made some money. I made $2. And, of course, 1930, 1930 1929, that was, that was a lot, $2. And he had it in his hand. And I remember seeing it in the, in the movie. He showed his father, and there were two silver dollars. Oh, That's wow. the way people used to get paid. Unreal, yeah. And this movie was made in the 40s, mm-hmm. but back in the, the 20s, 30s, and 40s, $2. Okay, there was a silver dollar. Yep. And today, and I remember thinking when he showed his father and saw this, said, well, that's pretty good. That is pretty I good. I remember thinking what you said about a month ago on this show about the same thing. When somebody was paid, now that same dollar is worth 
eighteen, nineteen dollars. Twenty five if it's a Morgan dollar. Twenty five. Yeah, a that's the jumping off point yeah. on those right now. Right. I couldn't tell what they were, but I could. But see if they're they four were... quarters, absolutely twenty bucks. Yeah, there you go. You know, five dollars a quarter. Yeah, but that shows you how things have changed. Yeah, well, that's when we were on the silver and gold standard. Yes, that's why. That's kind of what that means in uh, layman's terms. That's kind of what it looks like, right? The precious metals that you're right. paid in. Um, are in your currency, so you actually have a tangible asset in your hand, um, not like it is today. Yeah, so, you know, if you think about the way the world has changed, uh, we've changed, and yet we still we still like the way it was, and we still we still appreciate the fact that gold and silver is in our lives and it has value. It's as, as if it's never going to go away. With what's going on over in Europe... Let's hope not, because it's gone away before. It, yeah, well, The U.S. government has made it illegal to hold gold, gold have. in the past. They have. So let's never lose sight of Hopefully the fact of that. Hopefully won't, they won't allow that to happen <clears throat> again. But gold and silver is a great way... The best. ...to, to hedge against inflation. Yeah, and it's readily available. Like yeah. I said, places you know, like me who deal in it every day, sure. uh, it's, it's readily available. And not only, like you said, you deal in jewelry, but you also deal in in the coins, in the, coins. In, the, in the in the silver, the the dollars, the half dollars, pre nineteen sixty four junk silver. Yep. But also going back to the Morgans of the late eighteen hundreds, the peace dollars we yep. talked about in the last show. Uh huh. Peace dollars have a great value, yep. and those were about what ten, twelve years in the twenties. Yeah, nineteen twenty one to nineteen thirty five. There you go. Yep. Okay, and those on, on average are what twenty four, twenty five. Twenty five starting off. Yep. Okay. So if you've got an old coin collection, maybe you were like my generation where you had the the blue uh, books that had the punch-outs in them and you filled up the dimes, the quarters, the nickels, the pennies. Pull them out, dust them off, let Scott take a look at them because yep. you just never know. That's right. Now, just don't clean them, as we say. Yeah, don't clean them. We just, warn people. Maybe a not. slight dusting. <laughs> but you don't even, even a paper towel. That's the other thing. I mean, we can jump, we can talk about preserving items in a sure. segment too because even baseball cards... Very important. I know we've talked about it in the past, but they would put those in the screw-down cases in the card shows in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And we've now learned that screwing down cards applies pressure. Okay. And you'll never have a 10. Okay. If it's been applied pressure, because there'll be a little bend. Right. When they magnify it. So, you know, a lot of people probably bought it as a gem in 10 card in this nice preservation. Sure. Not a PSA 10, but the dealer they bought it from them said, you know what, this is probably a 9 or a 10. Right. But if they put it in there... And if you had a little <clears throat> corner that was... Well, that's the obvious You just press ones. it down even more. I mean, it's going to make it worse. Well, that too, yeah. Anytime you apply pressure, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of those old cars, unlike today, which a lot of the cars that are being printed today that are worth a lot of money, they're very, very unique and they're very special. Those cars, many of them were, the way they printed them were often anyway. They weren't perfect. Right. Uh, the ink was not always right. The, they were screen printed back in the day. Isn't that... That's on cardboard, like sheet paper, yeah. so it's just a lot. And of different. course, you used to get them in a, with bubble gum. Yeah, bubble gum, Cracker Jacks, the Babe Ruth. Yeah, no, there's a lot of cards that were secondary items. That's why they became valuable because nobody kept them as baseball cards. I've got some cards that, and I've collected over the years. I've got some cards that are tobacco cards. Yep, that were there were from early 1900s tobacco sets, and uh, a lot of they would put in those tobacco packages. I guess from 1890 to 1920. They might put a, a card or they might put a, a, a like a little flag or something. They're valuable. Very valuable. They're valuable. <clears throat> so not only does it have an you have tobacco. Value, uh, there's a huge tobacco collectability market. There's a narrative. Oh, a it's niche, called Tobacchia. Yeah. That's interesting. Huge. That the is signs. I do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. The signs um, can be very valuable. 
Old Marlboro stuff, very valuable. Signage? Oh, yeah. Like tins? Yeah. Uh, the lithographs? Well, that, neon. Okay. Yep. If they're in you know, an old sign. Old lighters. The way their flan- flanges are. and uh, mm-hmm. Old lighters? Hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Oh, there's a hu- oh, there's a whole lighter market. Wow. Valuable lighters. Yeah. That's pens, fantastic. too. Fountain pens. Yeah. Some came in last week. Hundreds of dollars they were worth. Isn't that amazing? You know, and some of the names that we've she didn't know she with. had them. You know, so yeah. it's just it was all lumped together and go through it. So when you when, when you inherit brings... pens, most people don't know what the heck right. they have. Right, they've been passed on for a hundred years. Yeah, and not a lot of times they're not in great shape. There might be some Parkers in there. There might be some Watermans. Yep. Uh, if you're really really lucky, there might be a Mont Blanc. Mont Blanc yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of those, yep. but I inherited them. Yep. So you've got to you got to know what you've got too. And you know it's funny they're so nice that I rarely use them. I'll pull out maybe a bit. Maybe you should bring a bit them into Park Shore Coin for a bit, huh? <laughs> you and I may be having maybe <laughs> doing some do business. Some, this that's week. right. So, but yeah, little things like that you don't think about. But then again, it's a collectible. And back to this original question about what is a collectible? We talked about coins, gold and silver, baseball cards, and we ended that last segment on Star Wars, Star Trek. But even in the uh, even in the collectibles world of to- world of toys. You've you've talked about things as, as Diecast. Odd, odd odd as Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon's very popular. I wouldn't have thought of that. The as cards, being, especially, yeah. yeah, as being very very valuable. Yeah, very valuable. Old um, old video games. Mm-hmm. They say that those can be worth a lot of money. Old N- N- Nintendo original stuff. Yeah, the original, original stuff. Ataris, old, yeah. original ColecoVisions. But what makes them valuable is you have the original box and paperwork. Right. In in the condition it was. It left the manufacturer, and that's where the big values come in. Right. You know, right. sure, an old Nintendo's got some value, but those are kind of a dime a dozen. You know, you, you know? mentioned last week we were talking about um, in the collectibles world, uh, the world of watches yep. and how popular watches are. And we talked about Rolexes and how expensive they've gotten yes. and how collectibles are, but other watches as well. And you made a comment, and it stuck with me. If you have a high end watch, doesn't matter the brand. Make sure you've kept the box. Absolutely. And paperwork. And the paperwork. Yeah, very because important. Because someday if you decide you want to divest yourself of it and you, and you reach out to Scott at Parkshire Coin and Collectibles and say, you know what, I've got this watch, it makes it so much easier for him, too, yep. in finding out its true value if you have the paperwork mm-hmm. or if you have the box. And try to keep it all in And my end, too. it's mostly my end user. My end buyer wants that. He wants the box. You know. Yeah, wouldn't make a difference to me if it didn't make a difference to them. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, you know, because a lot of boxes get thrown out. Yeah, you know, especially jewelry boxes. But when it comes to watches, I've noticed you want to keep it with uh, with collectible toys. They're more valuable oh, if you yeah. have the box. It's night and day. Well, and there's a market for the boxes. Let's say that you have that that Star Trek model that you got in 1965, and of course the box is long gone. You tore it up at Christmas, but you still have the model. You can sometimes find in the, this world today with the internet the box. Yep. Buy oh, the yeah. box, marry the two pieces That's together, right. and there you go. There you have a nice arranged marriage. There right? you go. You marry the two Via together. eBay. <laughs> eBay is great. Yeah. Auction houses, local auction houses. You can find the stuff. You can find the stuff. Yep. You just have to keep and an eye out for value. it. Yep. Now, if somebody were looking for something, do they, can they come to you and say, Scott, I want to buy? Yeah, absolutely. For, for sure. I need some advice. Yep. Because uh, I know you do free estimates on free evaluations on collectibles that people have, but a lot of times people are in search of something. Maybe they want to fill out that card collection, yep. baseball card, or they want to fill out uh, the coin collection. I'm looking for you know 1918 
Morgan O. Buck. Yeah, I can order it too. I can sure. help track it down. You know, I can help authenticate because you need them just like in any industry. You want to have a professional help you through it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I can, I'll, I'll be happy to help. Yeah. Some so things you, I don't obviously have in stock, right? Sure. Because I'm more of like a buy shop, but I can, you know, I get things. So when right. something comes in, you can be on my list. Hey, right. I'm looking for this. Right. You'll be the first person I call because I'm always looking for an end user, yeah. an end buyer. Of the well, items I buy, because I don't just hold on to things. What I'm fascinated <clears throat> with is, and we talked about last week, is the uh, the trading that you do. Mm-hmm. Let's say that I had a dozen Morgan silver dollars, yep. and six of them were just your basic silver dollars, and they were so much. But I wanted a better Morgan. Like a Carson City in high, yeah. high grade. I can trade some cra- of those dollars yeah, for you, exactly. too, and uh, we can find something that <clears throat> yep. I want. So not only are you buying and selling collectibles. Almost like bartering and trading. Bartering and trading. That's a good way to do it as someone in your position, too. It's a great way to have five coins you don't care so much, but they have value. Right. And not only maybe you can do those five and maybe come out of your pocket 50 bucks right. to get a $200.50 coin. Right. Instead of paying 250 you can trade me these five coins and here's 50 bucks. I used to do that when I was uh, a little younger and I enjoyed um, buying antiques. And that was when antiques were all the rage. If I found something I really liked and I bought it, and then maybe a year later I found one similar, but it was better condition. I had to find a home for the old one because right. the new one, whether whatever it was, I wanted the new one and I had to get rid of the old one. Upgrade. That was <laughs> that's a part of it, the deal. And especially when you're married, that's part of the deal. Don't bring it home unless you have a place for the old one. Oh wow. We don't need to, you know, yep. put more stuff in the closet. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> You got enough plastic boxes in a you know storage room. Somewhere. Oh, for sure. But and that's the other thing you're dealing with down here in Southwest Florida. A lot of people bringing to storage units. They're they have opening storage units up. You visit storage units, you'll go to you'll go to the bank and let them open the safe deposit sure. box because they don't want to bring all that stuff yeah. out. And you can do the evaluation yeah. on the spot. And people are getting rid of their storage units because they're getting so expensive down here. Here they're very they're very, very triple in price since COVID. Or, yeah, I, I heard the other day on the news they were saying that some, At least some of them some of them are as expensive as uh, renting an apartment. For sure. If you're not living in it, what are you doing with that stuff? Well, I know a couple of people who have some that are big and probably pay, yeah, $1,000 a month. Wow. So if for you sure an apartment. something very valuable. Or just there. a lot of stuff. Yeah, why that, would you that keep means junk? To you. Wouldn't yeah. be junky, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I remember back when we considered 100 bucks a month for a storage place. Crazy. And now they're paying a thousand dollars for a storage you place. Better have it's a bathroom and a bed. I think fifty is about as much as you should have to pay. Yeah, I mean it's just a square, you know. Yeah. Well, it depends on I guess <laughs> exactly the square. The square. Bad. But an average one, footage. you can't get into the market, is what he's saying for under. Right. You can't even find a small one where they'll even, even take your business five or whatever. Right. Yeah, they're all full. There's the business. There's a business everyone should be in. Oh, there are no. They're already in it. They're, that's what they're building. Because you more. literally just need land. And learn how to build them. Think about it. You don't really need a whole lot. Of the, no, they're building them. They have them. a footprint. They're on every corner nowadays. Yeah. So, but you will, back to this question, you'll go You'll go to a location and make a uh, house call, sure. whether it's home or a home or a storage unit, mm-hmm. and you'll do your evaluation right there on the spot. Absolutely. Yeah, or text it, you know. Yeah, but that's a lot of times I have to go see it because yeah. it is very difficult to do a, a price over the phone. Yeah. Right, or via text. Well, and they send you pictures. But it you're, helps. You're very text-friendly. Yeah. Our audience, I want to give them your phone number. It's 239-961-0816, and that's Scott Heiligman, and he's the owner of Park Shore Coin Gold and Collectibles here 
in Southwest Florida. If you can't get to his office over over on Immokalee Road, and shame on you, right on seventy five, and shame on you. But he will <laughs> he will make a house call. But text him and say, hey Scott, this is what I've got. You can send a picture. Uh, visit his website. Yes. The company's website is parkshorecoin.com. That's parkshorecoin.com. Yep. And that's a good way to get an evaluation because you can interact with emails. And yeah. also send a you don't have to drive in, you know, traffic's crazy during season anyway. Yeah. You know, just as, then if it's worth coming in, then we can do it. A lot of times you can agree to a print. They'll realize that, yeah, you know, he means business. That's a good offer. Yeah. And I make that understood. Hey, I can only tell you so much over the phone. I'll have to see it in person, but here's generally what I pay. Well, and they have to recognize your time's valuable too. That too. And we've yeah. got to make a profit and all that good stuff. But yeah. it's usually, you know, I can do a lot of it over the phone and yeah. via text. You can come you can come to terms. Sure. I know that we Yeah, um, that's a good way of putting it. Come to terms. And you um you specialize in, in large and small estates. I mean yep. you can buy a whole collection of yes. jewelry, coin collectibles. Yeah. Um and in your office because I've been in your office a couple of times, and mm-hmm. I've seen that you've got the equipment you need to test gold to see if uh, the jewelry that someone is bringing you is uh, 10, 12, 14, 18 carat, and uh, you can do all the testing. Yep, all the different types of diamonds and yes. all the lab-grown diamonds they make. Yeah. It takes a special type of testing. Oh, and that's another area of, uh, that you've worked with is diamonds. Yeah, diamonds. And that's a big thing. big part of our business down here is diamonds. Is diamonds. Yeah, absolutely. Because okay. everyone has one or two, Yeah. you know, typically. Yeah. Well, I, I remember the last show last weekend. Uh, I think her name was maybe Terry and Benita. She had it. She had a Jill. diamond. Jill. It was yep. Jill. That's yep. right. If a diamond from a uh, a previous marriage, yep. which a lot of ladies have. That's right. And she wanted to know uh, how she wanted you to evaluate how it. How to go about it. And and you talked about having to take the diamond out of the setting because you unless you can really see it, of course, you don't know how deep it depends is. Depends how big it is. But yeah, if right. you're talking. Substantial diamonds yeah. to get a size. You don't always. It, have it's to a do weight. It. Well, you should though, because it's a weight. Right. How are you going to weigh something without throwing it on scale? <laughs> yeah. Pretty difficult. Well, and the setting itself might be valuable too. Right. On the gold well, the content. setting, but you'd have no way of knowing how much the setting weighs. Right. Without you removing it. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do so much. Yeah. But in reality, just being transparent, you have to pull it out to be able to see the color, right. to know the exact weight, because they're all purchased on weight. Right. So if you don't know the precise weight, sure, you can say, yeah, it's about 75-pointer. But then if it's a 72-pointer, I lose a little. Mm-hmm. If it's a 78-pointer, you lose a little. I don't want that. Right. I want to know exactly what it is. Right. And then we can kind of go about our business that way. And this is part It's of easier the... for everyone that way. Yeah. Being transparent is so important. Yeah. It is so important. To knowing what you have. Yeah. Knowing what you have. And, and that's what you can do. You do the free evaluations, no matter whether you come to his office or he comes to see you. Call him at 239-961-0816. Now, that being said, if you do have some good paperwork with it yeah. and you just kind of want to get a general sense of what it's worth, we can probably do it. But when it comes to, hey, Scott, I'm ready to sell, you know, have all the paperwork you have, but just because you have that appraisal doesn't necessarily mean that's what the value is. Right. Right? Or that's exactly the color cut clarity of the stone. That's just one person's opinion. Yeah. You know, that's the person usually who sold it to you's opinion. Or the appraisal who did it. You hear that, Ian? If you're getting ready to buy a big diamond for someone special in your life, you need to let Scott take a look at it first. That's right. So he'll tell you whether you're getting a good deal or not. That's right. Yeah, my diamond uh, buying days got out of it when uh, when I got into broadcasting. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe a high-end zirconium or That's something. That's right. A lab <laughs> which, which they say are really close to uh, almost 
real diamonds. I mean, they've gotten to the point now where they can put inclusions in the them. Lab-grown ones, yeah, yeah, the lab-grown ones, yeah. Because diamonds that she can't tell? She can't tell. Not only that, par- the largest online jeweler is uh, called Pandora. They exclusively only sell lab-grown diamonds. Now. Really? They don't even deal in real... Because you can't tell, and they're half the price. So a logical person would say, well, why would I pay 4000 when I can pay 2000 for the exact same thing? Yeah. And then they throw in the conflict diamonds, right? So some people are woke and say, we don't want to be part of a conflict diamond when they don't even really right. know what they're talking about, right? Right. And there could be just as much conflict in yeah. putting that thing in a lab. But you as know crazy what, as our Scott, world is. I got to tell you, the, I don't know about your world, but in my world, there's a big difference between a lab-grown and a real thing. And I'm not the end user, but when she looks at that and she says... Is that is that real or lamb lab grown? I better say it's real. Sure, or she can't <laughs> even tell the difference. Well, I want to know that it's good. Either way, but you can you but, can help. But people. GIA, they'll they'll you can send it in and they'll say lab grown. They're really they're that's why you send it into them. They can right. really. So you can get a GIA certificate yeah, on on a diamond for sure. <clears throat> What's the cost of something like that? About a hundred bucks. Okay, you know. Well, if if it's a big enough diamond, you've got enough investment in it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably for insurance purposes, it's a good idea. Yeah. And to know what you have, it's for a good idea. Right. Because when you sell something based on three criteria and they tell you what those three are, right. that's like grading a baseball card. Right. Well, now you know it's a seven. Right. Because it's this, this, and this. So, so here's what it's worth. You just mentioned grading. So we can grade diamonds mm-hmm. and GIA mm-hmm. certification. Baseball cards are PSA. Yep. And coins are NGC, NGC, PCGS, PGCS, and autographs are JSA and PSA. Man, and then Beckett's in there too. Okay, Beckett's a popular name. They do cards. So if you got all these different things or just one, go see Scott at yep. Park Show Coins and Collectibles. <clears throat> yep. And before you have, the, be in good hands. Before you spend the money to have it graded, let him take a look at it. and He can tell you whether it's worth the trouble. I tell you, I'll buy it. You or you buy it? Yeah. And no, you pay I'll give cash you a on fair the spot. offer for yeah. sure. I'll show you what you have. You know, what I think it is, sure. and here's what I would pay for it. And you give and them you, reasons why. Yeah, then you say you like it, you know. Yeah. Or you can say, hey, I don't, I'll think about it. Okay. My offers are good for a while, you know. Yeah. The market changes about once a month on stones. Yeah. But you, um, you've you got a lot of repeat customers, so they must trust you. You're right. very transparent. And yeah, no, I have customers who come back every week who slowly are selling me their gold. Cl- yeah, for sure. So a lot of times if you've got a collection, they sell, they'll sell one piece at a time. Well, a lot of people who are investors... They have 20% of their wealth in gold and silver. Right. But you can't really bring that to target. You can't pay your mortgage. You can't pay your car bill with gold coins. So you got to bring them to me first right. to give you the cash. Then you can put that in your bank or right. a check, and then you can pay off those bills. So they but a it. lot of people, yeah, if you have a bunch of dough in a savings account that makes 0%, you can put it in gold. Right. People have been doing this for years and years. Yeah. So they now have their savings not sitting in a – Bank of America checking account, but sitting in gold coins. Right. And each coin, some are worth like a British sovereign, 400 bucks each. Right. Right. So they'll bring me 10 of them yeah. once a month. Yeah. And that's the, reti- you know, that's the, all their bills. Yeah. They just have it tucked away nicely. It's not sitting in a checking account. And most of those things don't take <clears throat> up a lot of space. No, not gold so, coins. So listen, if you're not just selling, but you're actually buying, yeah. Scott can help you with that too, because For sure. we're all looking at a way to. Hedge our bets as far as inflation yes. and gold and silver are good ways to do yeah, that. Absolutely. Whether it's junk silver on this end of the scale or one ounce gold one coins ounce gold on the coins. other. And on having the, the peace of mind to know, uh, you know, 
I can't. Sometimes if, you're, if the electric road goes down, you can't take money out of the ATMs. I mean, this has been in movies. Mm-hmm. It's not unfeasible to think that could happen. That's a you fear know what I'm we're saying? having right now, too. Well, yeah, yeah, what if your app doesn't work on your phone? All of a sudden, my Bank of America app, I can't go to the ATM. Well, you better have a plan B. Yeah. And a good plan B would be, yes, have some cash laying around. Yeah. Sure. But also have a savings account. If you have savings, would you rather have it savings getting 0% in Bank of America or sitting in your basement hidden somewhere getting, it's going up every month. Right. I mean, right. you look at the charts, it goes up every year. The dollar value is going down every year. Right. So it's almost smart to put them in, you know, put it in stocks and, it's, you know, you're lucky to have any of it put away. Right. You're right. Any savings account's good. Yeah. How small or how big. Yeah. But to be able to just access it very quickly, for me personally, I love it yeah. for peace of mind. Yeah. You know, and to know you can cash it out quickly. You know, everybody at some points need needs some cash. Absolutely. And well, everything you got to pay your bills somehow. Yeah. You know, they don't pay themselves. Well, let's hope so you need cash that we don't get to the point where you have. That's all we have. But it is good to have a portion of your investment in so gold, silver. Then you silver. can convert it into the cash so to pay the bills. Yeah. So it goes up more so than the dollar goes up. Right. That's the theory, anyway. Well, with that, that's that's well, going to be that's Scott, Scott's advice. Yep. Scott's advice for this week. On the Park Shore Coin and Collectibles Hour. If you want to reach Scott, call him at 239-961-0816 or on his website at parkshorecoin.com. And Scott, as we always like to say at the end of the show, if you're in the sun, don't get sunburned. That's right. Put if you're on the golf course, hit him straight. Hit him straight. That's, That's right. what Scott says. Take care. This has been the Park Shore Coin and Collectibles Hour with your host, Scott Heiligman on Fox Sports Radio. For the latest information on what was discussed on today's show, as well as the hottest trends on everything from coins and sterling silver to baseball cards, vintage toys, and a whole lot more, visit Scott's website at www.parkshorecoin.com. That's www.parkshorecoin.com. Or call Scott now at 239-961-0816. That's 239-961-0816. Join us next week at 7 a.m. right here on Fox Sports Radio for another hour with Scott.